1: Back here on Sports Talk at the Morial Convention Center, live from NOLA Pickle Fest. We're gonna get to some Kansas City Chiefs action right now. Josh Klingler, the Chiefs Radio Network sideline reporter. How you been? Have you made it into New Orleans yet? Or are you flying out tomorrow? Yeah, we're coming tomorrow. Is Pickle Fest still underway tomorrow? That sounds fantastic. Yeah, Pickle Fest is definitely underway tomorrow. Drew Brees okay. is actually taking on John McEnroe, 10 a.m. Central.
2: Nice. Okay, we we'll to check that out while we're there, if we get there in time. Yeah, uh, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow late morning, early afternoon arrival into New Orleans.
1: Yeah, see if you can make it to the convention center. I'm sure it'll be a blast for sure. Uh, you uh, look at this team coming into the uh, Superdome against the Saints for this preseason game number one. I guess was it a surprise to hear you to hear that Andy Reid is going to be going with uh, Pat Mahomes on Sunday?
2: Uh, not really. I mean, it's been their MO that they'll play the starters, you know, pretty much a drive. Certainly the offensive guys will play a series, and that's probably a, about it. Um, maybe a few of the offensive linemen may stay a little bit longer. Mahomes will probably get, you know, one trip up the field, assuming they move the sticks a, a time or two. They'll probably call it a day. But they like to get everybody at least a little bit of action, um, unlike some teams who, again, will. You know, sit there starting quarterback specifically. They have played Mahomes every year. He he wants to do it. He wants to take an early. He says uh, he wants to take an early hit that's not too hard, and then he's kind of ready to go. And so they've they've done it this way. It's uh, kind of uncommon, right? A lot of teams don't. Uh, you see these preseason games that have already been underway where a lot of the starters don't pre- or don't play. But uh, the Chiefs will have a bulk of their guys going at least you know the first uh, series or two.
3: Now, uh, Josh, when you look at, uh, obviously, people, they're probably, you're probably tired of answering this, Chris Jones. I mean, looking at Chris mm-hmm. Jones, 15 and a half sacks, helped the Chiefs uh, rank second in the league with 55 sacks a year ago. If the defense wants to replicate that, that performance, I kind of look at it that, obviously, uh, Jones would need to stay healthy while first-round draft picks. Who are they counting on? Uh, Carliftis, if I'm pronouncing that right. And then uh, uh, Ozoma. Felix, whatever, uh, fulfill their potential. You look at the 22-23 drafts. Where are they at defensively with or without Chris Jones?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, Chris Jones is an absolute difference maker. And there's a vastly different discussion if Chris Jones is in or Chris Jones is not a part of it. And I think the biggest surprise is everyone involved seemed to think that this would be done by now and that they have some deal in the works. Um that it was going to be kind of a slow, all-summer-long process, but by the time camp started, or at least early into camp, they would have something done with Chris Jones. It seemed like it was very, uh, you know, they were just kind of going to go through the process of it. It wasn't any bad blood on any side. They were just going to work through it and get there. You saw a few other defensive line contracts come through, and you kind of wondered, okay, where does that push the number? It seems that they're just kind of at a stalemate right now where uh, Chris Jones wants – Aaron Donald money, which is, you know, uh, upwards of $30 million a season, probably all guaranteed for three to four years. And it doesn't sound like the Chiefs are in that neighborhood. Uh, I think they'd probably like to make him somewhere in between the the kind of the next crop of defensive tackles, say Quinn Williams, who signed a very nice deal in his second contract. This is Chris Jones's third contract. And so, and he's approaching, you know, he's at the age, approaching the age of 30, Uh, So uh, it's just been kind of a a dance that has continued. He's still going to make $28 million. He's got one season left on his contract. Everybody expects him to be there on opening day. I guess the question is whether or not he's got an extension or he's playing out the last year of his contract at this point in time. But if, if he's not a part of the mix and, say, for some strange reason, he decides to hold out during the regular season, this is a vastly different defense, and they can't make up for it. They may be a defensive lineman short right now, um, with Chris Jones, and so without Chris Jones, I think they'd have some holes along that defensive line for sure, and then you know how that impacts the defense then going back, uh, you know, behind uh, a defensive line that may be a little bit thin. So, yep, it's imperative that they get him done or get him in, uh, but there's no no sign of when that's going to be uh, as of yet.
3: Now, uh, Josh, uh, I don't know. This is a running back's worst enemy, uh, but he is a running back considering – uh, where the Chiefs were able to get him, uh, that being Isaiah Pacheco. Now I'm looking at seventh round pick. Uh, I was just watching him play. He's an angry runner. Uh, he mm-hmm. played through injuries, averaging basically five yards an attempt. The reason why you know we pay a lot of attention to that in these parts because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Hilaire, LSU, four point three yards a carry. So, uh, but you look at Isaiah Pacheco, you know, two years out of Rutgers. Uh, I mean, uh, and I think that's almost uh, teams have taken Andy Reid approach that maybe in the latter in later rounds we could find uh, a running back that we can count on, and then we don't really have to compensate.
2: Yeah, I mean, as you guys have probably discussed, right? I think it's been discussed all over the country, like the demise of the running backs and and Isaiah Pacheco. And I, I've said it on the on the air in Kansas City. Like, I feel bad for the kid. He's never going to get paid. Like he he runs a very hard style. He's going to take a lot of punishment and he's just never going to make any money the way this running back thing is going right now. And then yeah, you, you found a, a seventh round pick that's become your number one running back. And so I think a lot of teams have taken that approach that it's you know it's it's turn and burn. If you draft one, you keep him for four years and then you move on to the next one. And so uh, Pacheco battling a little bit of injury, he won't play on Sunday. Uh, for the chiefs, but certainly when the regular season starts, they expect him to be uh, out there battling kind of shoulder and hit uh, a wrist issue as well. So he's been taken pretty slow through camp, but yeah, he was a revelation runs hard, uh, catches the ball. Well, takes, takes punishment. Uh, the worst kind of position, like if you're his agent, you say, Hey, back off a little bit, buddy, like go out of bounds. Don't take hits uh, running backs have a short shelf life. And uh, unfortunately he plays great. And uh you know, I, I do feel for it because of the way the position's going right now. It's weird. Clyde Edwards-Layers, an interesting uh, dynamic as well. His battled injuries hasn't quite lived up to the uh, first-round status. Um, third on the depth chart right now, and they have a, an, un, another undrafted running back that they like that they brought in this year uh, out of Tulsa, uh, who's the, the fourth uh, on the depth chart right now. Could he be a guy they move at the end of the preseason for a – you know, some kind of mid to late round draft pick, possibly so. Um, otherwise, I'm guessing this is kind of like a this is like a contract year for him. They're not going to bring him back on it on his fifth year, and he's going to have to probably play enough to prove it to some other team. Probably his last year, uh, either way. Here in Kansas City,
4: they had an unprecedented draft last year. Every draft choice makes the roster. Uh, Maybe not the superstar player, but Trent McDuffie looks like he's a really good football player. And you brought up George at defensive end. Sky Moore's got a lot of uh, talent, too, and certainly with Pacheco. You look at that draft a year ago, and then how do you look at this year's draft choices that they were able to get? Man, when you hit on every one of them to make your team, yeah. and you win a Super Bowl, that you in <laughs> high cotton with that. Yeah, Brett Beach has kind of set himself up, the general manager of the
2: Chiefs, right? We expect, every everybody expects, like, well, every guy you draft is going to contribute, like, right away. They had a bunch of defensive backs play key roles uh, last year, not in, the, in McDuffie, and then lower around draft picks that, that came through. All but one of the of the draft picks last year had major contributions at some point during the season. And so, yeah, so this year the the question is, can you replicate that, or will they have to? I think – uh, certainly their their number one pick the the K-State edge who you mentioned Uzoma has come along a little bit slowly I don't think that they're going to thrust him into anything right away he's a little bit on the younger side he's battled some injuries in the off offseason uh, Rashi Rice the SMU wide receiver though I think could play a vital role he's got a different kind of size that they're looking for in that that wide receiver room so I think he's the guy they're expecting to contribute quite a bit although a pretty crowded maybe not spectacular but but quantity uh, wide receiver room that he's going to have to fit into. And then uh, the the Texas defensive tackle, their sixth round pick, Keandre Coburn, I guess he very much factors in if Chris Jones is not part of the equation. But I'm assuming Chris Jones is back. uh, He's a guy that might be battling for some rotational time. I don't think you're going to get quite the number of hits they got last year. But, yeah, it was pretty impressive to to use that many rookies in your number one. And, yeah, Brett Beach just has to keep doing that every year. It's a very simple game, right? Build your team around – uh, Patrick Mahomes supplement with the draft and have all of them hit win Super Bowls. I mean, you just keep you keep raising the bar. It
3: almost becomes <laughs> well, a difficult difficult one to hit. And, and you know, Josh, uh, I brought that up to Saints fans uh, because you see, you, you look at when since Pat Mahomes has been on board, and the reason why I bring this up to Saints fans, do you know the Chiefs own uh, they're like sixty four and eighteen regular season record since Mahomes became the club's starting quarterback in two thousand eighteen. Now they've had they've piled up ten more wins uh, than this second place team. You know who it is? The Saints. Uh, the Saints. And look at the success the Chiefs have had compared to the Saints. Like, look, we can't go three straight seasons without being in the postseason. But you look since two thousand eighteen, regular season wins. Now the Chiefs have ten more, but the, the Saints are in second place as far as you know. You might say, "Well, are we training. Are we heading in the right direction?" So uh, look, you know, look. No team has more postseason experience in the last five years, and Mahomes is already in top the top ten for career passing and touchdowns with thirty five in the playoffs. But I try to give Saints fans hope to who that nation. I say, "Look, I don't know. We're not that far because you know you have to do well in the regular season, ultimately get into postseason." But uh, it just goes to show you that how, I guess the parity in the league, whatever. But I, I think that'd be a trivia question. No one would guess that since no. 2018, huh. who, who's had the, the second most wins right after the Chiefs and is the Saints. Wow! I'm.
2: I, I hey, and, and obviously the Chiefs faced the uh, Derek Carr twice a year with the Raiders. I think a really solid quarterback as well. I know. Saints fans got to be excited, right, with the division where it's at right now. It's anybody's kind of for the taking. And so, so yeah, I think, you, you know, you could have two division winners uh, going toe-to-toe on, on Sunday. I, I, I like the Saints' chances myself in that, in that division, and I like the, their acquisition of Derek Carr. I thought one of the quieter quarterback moves of the offseason.
1: Talking with Josh Klingler, Chiefs Radio Network sideline reporter. And, Josh, just curious, your impression of defensive tackle. Colin Saunders, I know, is a part of that team for four years. Uh, had a big mm-hmm. game, too, in the Super Bowl that you guys just won. Uh, now over here, just seems like, uh, overall, a really great guy in the on the field and for the locker room.
2: Yeah, absolutely is. And, and, and a guy that, I don't know, kind of remade himself last year. Uh, heading into camp last year, it looked like a guy that was kind of on the outside looking in just hadn't gotten a lot of playing time, and battled a bunch of injuries, was kind of the odd man out and then became a real big piece of the defensive line rotation and really solid. He had a really uh, outstanding season and he kind of felt like okay, he's going to be have a season where he's going to play himself out of Kansas City. That was the type of year that he had like okay, probably uh, drafted, you know, to kind of move in a different direction. He uh played himself onto another team and had a great season last year he was a real force up front a guy that's got a lot of fire as well um they had a lot of personalities along that defensive line chris jones frank clark who's now a member of the broncos and, and colin saunders and those guys were always chopping it up on the sidelines and doing doing a lot of talking as well very animated fiery bunch but yeah saunders had a heck of a year last year and I, I, I'm hoping he can continue to kind of put those together after kind of a slow start. And again, I mentioned, he kind of overcame some things, but then had a real big year last year, real impactful year last year for the chiefs,
4: Josh, uh, you brought up Frank Clark and you know, you think about it and he's been a good player in this league and Sean Payton and the Broncos signed him, but he's the most prolific postseason <laughs> pass rusher in the NFL mm-hmm. history. Okay, right. you can say, oh, next man up. Well, the next man ain't doing those type numbers. Man, <laughs> yeah. you know, one thing with Frank, when it came down uh, to postseason play, he was a man out on that football field.
2: Yeah, if you mention names of, like, postseason sacks, you know, like Reggie White comes to mind. There are a bunch of other, other names that come to mind. Like, Frank Clark's, like, top, what, two, three in career postseason sacks? I mean, it's ridiculous. He's uh, – we, we, we called him playoff Frank. I mean, that was the case, so – um, certainly, at, at times, maybe not as didn't turn it on as much. Sometimes it seemed in the regular season. I know there was always angst among the fans about they're like, "Where's Frank Clark?" But boy, when the playoffs came, he was always uh, somehow, some way making a big play. And so, uh, the, where they're at along the defensive line uh, could have used a Frank Clark if he would have been willing to maybe wait to the end of kind of training camp and be one of those I call those one-year mercenary defensive ends that are kind of out there right now. I would have been surprised they brought him back. Obviously, the Broncos jumped on him first, and uh, the Chiefs will see him now a, a couple of times. And now in Kansas City, the, you know, the spin is he, he's playoff Frank, and the Broncos got to prove they can get to the playoffs before he could be impactful. But uh, they'll have to replace that along the defensive line for sure, if not during the regular season, certainly uh, by the postseason. Hopefully someone else will be stepping up into that type of role.
3: Now, uh, Josh, looking at uh, the Chiefs' offensive line uh, featuring – Uh, What's your take on that? New starters at both tackle positions. Uh, You know, these are like here, Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew uh, Wiley. Uh, They all started uh, like 17 or 17 regular season games. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it's very similar to Drew Brees, where the strength of the unit was in the trio of the guards in the center. You know, you look at Humphrey Smith and uh, uh, Tooney. uh, uh, Now, uh, this group's ability uh, to me (laughs) <laughs> uh, to build that chemistry uh, when, you know, providing that reliable pocket for Mahomes. But where are they at? Uh, because, you know, M- Mahomes can extend plays, but that kind of remind me of, uh, well, I remember the Saints, when we had like Max Unger, we had Jari Evans, he had even like a Carl Nix or even a Larry Wolford or Ben Grubbs, that Drew Brees knew he always could step up. Then, obviously, you get Armsteaders now uh, with the Dolphins, and then they draft uh, Ram- uh, Ramchek, but we were kind of, uh, you know, paying the money almost at times, like uh, you think the tackles, but inside out. And uh, mm-hmm. well, what was the mindset for the Chiefs uh, to go in a different direction as far as uh, not having their two starting uh, tackles come back?
2: Yeah, well, Wiley uh, was a guy that um, they, couldn't, they couldn't find anybody to beat him out. Like, he just kept winning the job. And it wasn't spectacular, but very solid on the right side. He ended up uh, taking a multi-year deal. I don't think the Chiefs were looking at a multi-year deal. They were probably looking to try to upgrade there, and I think they definitely did. They, they allocated a lot of money to Juwan Taylor on the right side. Um, initially, uh, the belief was, well, they might slide him to the, to the left tackle spot, um, but instead he's going to remain on, on the right. They signed Donovan Smith, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and I think all told, they'll probably be better along the offensive line. Wiley at times had his issues. Orlando Brown. I don't want to speak out of turn. I felt like one of the most overrated left tackles we've seen in a while. He was – I don't know what people were watching last year that that saw the Chiefs and didn't see that that was a problem on the left, uh, on the left side of their offensive line. They used a lot of running backs to chip for him. Uh, they uh, were hoping he could be their left tackle of the future. I think they had decided, nope, they didn't even make him an offer. He moved on, went to Cincinnati. Bengals think they have somebody. Maybe he fits what Joe Burrow does better, but uh, this is definitely an upgrade at left tackle for the, uh, for the chiefs. Now, have they played together a lot? No, the bulk of the inside though are, are, are really good. Creed Humphreys one of the best centers in the league. Joe Tooney, maybe the most underrated guard in the league and, and Trey Smith uh, probably gets the least accolades, but, but he's a guy that will have some pro bowls in his future. So really good in the middle, two brand new tackles, but I think probably upgraded from, from a season ago. We'll find out.
1: Josh, thank you for the time. We'll seeing you in the uh, Caesar Superdome Sunday high noon. We'll be uh, getting ready for that kickoff and uh, anxious to see uh, some real football action instead of obviously the, uh, the things going on at training camp uh, where everything gets blown out of proportion. But so does everything with preseason football, too. Uh, again, thanks for the time, and i be talking to you soon.
4: Thank you, Josh.
1: Yeah, good news. Good news it sounds like it's going to be
2: 100 degrees. I'm glad we're going to be inside on on Sunday. <laughs>
3: yeah, all right. it, 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 hell yes. I mean, come on. Tulane stadium, old Tulane stadium. Uh, no. Uh, you uh, don't in the dome. Be there. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be nice. Nice controlled right, environment. Good. <laughs> all right, all right, Josh. Thank you, Josh.
1: From the Chiefs Radio Network, uh, sideline reporter Josh Klinger. You, Klingler. You can hear him on Sunday's call on the Chiefs Radio Network. Meanwhile, on Saints Radio Network, we got kickoff high noon Sunday. Don't miss it on WWL, back after this. Why?
2: Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours.
1: Why? Why?
2: Because your network gives priority to cell phone users.